uh, we'll now move to Nagraj Paturiji and uh, he will speak uh, about how Dharma is essentially an environmentalist, uh, environmentalist idea. Nagraj Garu, please. Uh... Okay, uh, as uh, I keep saying, uh, this is an in-house speaker. Uh, I am the host, uh, we are organizing this conference. And uh, we have said what we have to say in our uh, very detailed concept note, uh, where we have covered uh, uh, world paganisms, uh, Indic Vedicism, uh, Buddhism, Jainism, folk culture, almost all the components of our Hindu cultural complex. And uh, there are certain areas which uh, probably were not covered inside the concept note, which probably I would have uh, liked to cover in this uh, presentation of myself in the conference. Uh, some of those things are basically how our folk culture is uh, basically uh, an environmentalist uh, folk culture. And uh, that kind of a perspective answers certain questions uh in indian history uh we keep talking about conflict 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 all the time between uh, two major components of uh, indic culture uh, the aryan and the dravidian what they called all the time in indian history uh, let us replace those two terms with vedic and folk even then they could talk about a conflict between these two but what we see in the form of uh, our culture, our Hindu culture, uh, is uh, a fusion of uh, these two cultures, Vedic and folk, into what we call uh, Hindu culture. In terms of intercultural, uh, cross-cultural studies that we see so much in management field nowadays, there is a word called third culture. Uh, I consider Hinduism to be uh, a third culture that emerged in the communication between Vedic and folk cultures. And inside this folk culture, uh, particularly in this context of Corona, that, that uh, what I remember is that uh, uh, always people looked at uh, the nature of their village, the environment of their village itself as a woman, as a mother, and worship that as a mother goddess, village goddess. And these village goddess studies have been done by uh, all kinds of researchers from their own point of view. But what was missing the attention of people was that nature was worshipped as mother nature and that mother nature was given the shape of mother goddess and that was given the shape of great mother and that's what formed the, uh, the village goddess. Village itself was the village goddess or a sacred grove itself was a village goddess or a certain uh, tree was a village goddess and so on. So what we see in that folk culture is, uh, is an intense amount of ecological spirit and ecological consciousness. And as you have seen from the morning, from the different papers, from uh, a very intense ecological perspective on the Vedic side. And it is this basis of common ecological understanding, common ecological awareness, common ecological spirit that gave rise to the fusion of these two cultures into a single culture. 
uh, into uh, Hindu culture. So this is uh, uh, what is very important for all of us to remember that uh, uh, as uh, Indians, as Hindus, as Buddhists, as Jains, as folk cultural people, as uh, Indians, what we have to focus more academics is the ecological spirit inherent in this culture. And uh, once I finish that, because I just wanted to fulfill uh, what was not covered uh, uh, in the concept note about village goddesses and uh, the environmental aspects, it's a lot more uh, than that, that that can be said in that. I could have talked about how uh, the same mother goddess is an angry mother goddess and a cheerful, pleasant mother goddess, Prasanna and Ugra Rupa mother goddess. And Karona today is an Ugra Rupa of uh, the mother goddess. She is very angry. If you talk to any villager in India, they, it is exactly what they say that mother is angry and she has to be now pacified, she has to be appeased and then she will be cooled down. They exactly use the word cooling down. They, they use the word cooling down. She has to be cooled down. Once she is cooled down, everything will be all right. So there is that uh, Savitri aspect from a Vedic point of view. That is the fertility aspect of Mother Goddess. And there is that Mahakali aspect of Mother Goddess, the devouring uh, Mother Goddess also. All that is there inherent in the ecological aspects of uh, uh, Indic culture, Hindu culture. Uh, the combination of the same entity being uh, devouring and fertilizing at the same time. When she is happy, when she is pleasing, she is fertilizing. And when she is angry, she is devouring. Uh, and that's how nature is. And these two aspects of nature, both are worshipped. That is the point. That is the point in ecology. I could have talked about that. But uh, the topic that I wanted to take up for today is uh, the question of uh, dharma as an environmentalist aspect. W what is the issue in this? What is the academic issue in this? When we talk about dharma, uh, we look at dharma as an ethical question. Dharma is ethics for us. And when you go to uh, contemporary international academics about uh, ethics, do you see ethics in general, ethical philosophy in general, which is uh, considered as part of social philosophy uh, in, in the Western philosophy, is ecology, is environment included as part of or the basis of the foundation of general ethical philosophy? Is it? No. Let me tell you, no. The most prominent ethical philosophy that we do see today is that of Stuart Mill, John Stuart Mill. And uh, it is uh, also recognized as a utilitarian uh, school of uh, ethical philosophy. And it talks about public good. Uh, and that public good is pub where public means humans more humans what is good to more humans and what is not good to less humans is the criterion to decide ethics just as 
the entire Western philosophical outlook has been anthropocentric all the time. Just the way it has never considered the other creatures, non-human creatures, as uh, the basis of decisions of good or bad, right or wrong, even in the ethical philosophy of the West. You don't see consideration of non-human creatures at the center of ethical decisions, at the center of good or bad. Whereas when you say dharma, we blindly translate dharma as ethics, dharmic way of looking at as an ethical way of looking at things. Within Purusharthas, when we translate dharma, we translate that as just ethics. But if we are borrowing that Western word of ethics there, we are not uh, rightly translating dharma because we are not including the non-human aspects uh, of uh, ethical decisions that are included in the definition of dharma uh, that we have in the Indic or Vedic uh, perspective of dharma. This is an important takeaway, in my opinion, for you from the conference. When you go uh, from this conference, please tell everyone that uh, dharma is not just ethics. Because, only because the Western ethical thinking, Western ethical philosophy was anthropocentric. When environmental awareness started in 60s in the West, and when it grew into a huge amount of literature based on the ethical, uh, what they call environmental crisis, they uh, started talking about what is called as environmental ethics. They required a environmental ethics. It was not there in the previous paradigm of ethics itself. That is why they required uh, environmental ethics. If you go to jurisprudence, if you go to legal discussions, environmental law is a new law. In the Privy Council decisions, environmental considerations were not part. When jurisprudence was being discussed, when natural justice was being discussed, the considerations, the criteria for natural justice at the time of early discussions in jurisprudence, the decisions were all anthropocentric. Animal rights were not under consideration. Environmental law was to be separately devised. Environmental law was separately to be created historically at a later time. But if you look at uh, Indic literature, whenever they talked about uh, uh, humans or human ethics or whatever, you see the word Bhutani instead of Manushyaha or Naraha or any such thing. We never said it is all if you look at the shlokas you say annat bhavanti bhutani you you never say annat bhavanti manushya though actually in the cycle of things you are going to talk about yajna and yajna is being performed the, uh, through karmas and the karmas are being performed by humans only but the shloka uses the word bhutani Everywhere, repeatedly, you get the word Bhutani 
creatures and creatures and creatures. So the attitude, the outlook, traditionally has been, right from the beginning has been, looking at human concerns or human benefits or human interests or human uh, uh, ethical decisions. Everything as part of uh, all creatures, all, all living entities. You take any description from, right from the original Vedic mantras to usual Vedic mantras or to the Brahmanas or to the Upanishads. Every time it goes to the creatures, it never stops with only human beings. So dharma was right from the beginning an idea that was an all-creature centric, all living things centric, for that matter, all creation centric idea. When dharma has been defined as that which sustains, that which holds, the very definition of dharma is that which holds, that which sustains. When did the word sustainable come into discussions? Today we talk about sustainable development, sustainable development, sustainable architecture, sustainable this, sustainable that. When did this word sustain start entering contemporary academic discourse, contemporary activist discourse, contemporary professional discourse? When did it start? Is it not only after people realized about environmental crisis, ecological crisis, and is it not only after they realized that they, they cannot go to the extreme of ecological awareness saying they don't want development at all, they don't want technology at all, and uh, they, 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 didn't, they didn't want to be anti-technological, anti-industrial, and they wanted something that compromises, that puts these th two perspectives of development and ecological awareness together, is it not at that time that they got this word sustainable? But the word dharma, the very definition of the word, etymological meaning of the word is that which sustains. So the word, the etymological idea behind the word dharma was reached by the entire Western world only when they realized that they wanted both the sides of the cake to be buttered. They, want, they wanted both sides of the coin. They wanted development and ecological awareness at the same time. But you see that the word sustaining and sustenance is part of the very etymological meaning of the word dharma. And when dharma becomes ethics, that ethics now you realize that it is based on, uh, that you can see the various shades of the meaning of the word dharma. For example, dharma is law, dharma is principles, dharma is duty, dharma is teacher, dharma is nature, dharma is quality. When I say this is the dharma of uh, peacocks. This is the dharma of sun. It rises in the east. I'm talking about nature. This is the nature of dharma. This is the nature of sun. This is the nature of peacock. When I say this is the dharma of father, 
पितृधर्म धर्म एंड ऑल दैट आई एम टॉकिंग अबाउट द ड्यूटी एस्पेक्ट ऑफ धर्म वेन आई एम वेन आई से दैट धर्म वेन आई टॉक अबाउट धर्म टू बी गुड और बैड आई एम टॉकिंग अबाउट द एथिकल एस्पेक्ट बट इफ यू थिंक दैट ऑल दिस डिफरेंट शेड्स ऑफ द मीनिंग ऑफ धर्म और कंप्लीटली डिसकनेक्टेड देन वी आर रॉन्ग there has to be some connection semantic connection words do not get their multiple meanings just like that they don't come all from the blue they start at some meaning and they go get extended so this meaning of the word dharma that it is nature and the meaning of the word dharma that it is beauty have to be connected all natures of all creatures are their duties it is the duty of an of an insect to what to do what it does and it is the duty or nature of a thing that eats those insects it is its duty that it it does it's it is its nature that it does that an aquatic uh, animal like a turtle uh, a tortoise if it eats insects it is its nature and it is its duty all participants in the ecosystem are doing things because it is their nature and it is also their duty so nature and duty are so well connected that is why the various shades of uh, dharma get connected if you read Uh, itihasa purana literature you get instances where a pishacha argues with a human saying that my duty is to eat corpses if i am eating corpses it is not only my nature sir it is also my duty to eat them so it is uh, the duty if we, if we take pishachas to be some parasites that consume the uh dead bodies and recycle them into nature it is the duty of such creatures to do that and it is also their nature if you look at the ecosystem for example a forest ecosystem and if, when we talk about we are realizing that all the levels of food chain have nature of consuming the lower levels of the food chain that is their nature and that is also their duty that's how the forest ecosystem works so what is the nature of a person is also a duty of that person but there comes the question of uh, an anti ecological behavior whether that is also nature and duty at the same time but if you look at all the creatures all non human creatures you see that they are helplessly participating as their duty in the ecological sustenance so their nature and duty are going together they have no liberty and they have no interest in spoiling uh, the dharma that is called disturbance is starting is from human being only so the disturbance to dharma and 
the necessity for a dharmic instruction both are there only for human beings and that is why dharma shastra comes dharma shastra is instructing humans and when it is instructing humans it is instructing on the basis of study of nature that is why natural sciences are becoming the basis of social sciences in dharma shastra to speak from a philosophical point of view the truth seeking is dharma seeking because dharma is nothing but law of nature and it is the truth seeking in natural sciences to find out the natural laws and when you are binding human actions as human duties towards uh, nature then you need to understand natural principles principles of nature so understanding principles of nature and arriving at truth to use the vedic word arriving at satyam leads you to arrive at dharma dharma that is why you see these two words going always together in the vedic philosophy satyam and dharma both they go together truth and nature truth and law because we today in natural sciences say that the objective of natural sciences is to find out the truth of natural law laws of nature so ultimately the truth truth finding is law finding natural law finding dharma finding so satyam finding is dharma finding so once you find the natural principles principles of nature through natural sciences if you make your social sciences and social philosophy founded on based on the natural principles you are basing your dharma on satyam you are basing your ethics on truth you are basing your uh, deontological view of ethics to use the uh, technical term from ethical philosophy duty aspect of ethics is called deontological view of ethics so that deontological view of ethics is connected to the absolutist view of ethics and relative view of ethics and utilitarian view of ethics or all other aspects of ethics they are all bound to the basic aspect of truth basic aspect of natural law or laws of nature this word has been used in western philosophy the word natural law natural law has always been used it was there in the time of plato it was there in the time of aristotle that was later borrowed by hegel uh, in the modern german philosophy but it is only in the vedic philosophy that you see the word dharma which refers to both laws of nature as natural sciences the truth of natural sciences truth that is uh, sought after in natural sciences and also the uh, social instruction social good and bad social values social norms social customs social traditions both of them arising from the same truth finding satyam finding and leading to 
dharmam instruction dharma instruction uh, dharmika instruction is found in the vedic philosophy in the morning shashankar ji was uh, talking about rhythm uh, someone in the uh, chat box was uh, also asking a question whether rhythm is connected to ritu in the as uh, referring to seasons and all that you have these words ritam varishyami satyam varishyami dharmam varishyami uh, in the vedic instructions or vedic mantras but they always go together the word ritam when it has got a negative uh, samasa ninth uh, purusha samasa with it it becomes anritam and when it becomes anritam it refers to uh, opposite of true lie false but when you take the positive side of the word ritam it refers to both dharmam and satyam at the same time dharma and satyam at the same time so this combination of understanding of uh, the truth of uh, uh, natural investigation or investigation of natural sciences being the basis of uh, ethical decisions is what makes dharma as an environmentalist aspect it is this which makes dharma alone no other uh a concept of ethics anywhere in the world an environmentalist idea so indians indic people hindus all the dharmic religion people all the dharmic tradition people i think need to be not only cautious and also they need to be proud that when they are using the word dharma they are using an environmentalist idea they for them environmental law was not a new necessity environmentalist ethics environmental law was part of general law social law all the time environmentalist ethics were part of general ethics social ethics human ethics all the time we had a comprehensive ethics we had a holistic set of ethics so uh, dharma as an idea of uh, so in in future whenever you talk about uh, dharma next time in any other uh, forum or platform please remember uh, not to translate the word dharma just as just ethics uh, that you hear from outside please remember to translate that as a uh, and then one mentalist ethics idea so that uh, is uh, the next part of uh, what i wanted to say but there are a few more topics that were not covered in our concept note one is uh, uh, you see all over the world today that environmentalist activists uh, focus on the idea of war also uh war anti war nuclear disarmament nuclear holocaust uh weapons and uh, uh weapon destruction of the world and all that is also part of environmentalist discussion uh we could not cover that in the concept no 
so we probably could uh, cover this if i get an opportunity in these two days i will again go to that how war and anti war have been covered in the veda right from rig veda to itihasas like mahabharata and all that and see how all the environmentalist discussion uh, today all over the world has been uh, very well anticipated and uh, has been given a right foundation as if the whole world was waiting to get an environmentalist message that uh, that was the right the central spirit of hindu life hindu life hindu world view and hindu philosophy that's how it happened all the environmental crisis and ecological crisis is what made the whole world come to india for guidance because india lived with ecological spirit and ecological spirit alone as its central spirit thank you wow <laughs> what what just happened here i i we are just so transfixed nagraj garu i mean it, this is this is um, you know i i i'm just trying to think of uh, some of the cricket matches where suddenly you know you see an innings which is like a phenomenal innings and such a magical moment you just gave us such a magical moment uh, with the way you you ex- explained expounded uh, dharma and made it a environmental uh, idea i mean this is this is this talk is going to stay with me personally and i'm sure a lot of people who have listened to this talk i'm sure it will stay with them too i will uh, uh, we are really will be grateful to you for this i will uh, throw this uh, uh, open for q and a and uh, anybody let me let me look at uh, people who are typing on the chat you can, if you have any questions please do so at the q and a and i'll just go through arundhati sundar ji was talking about swadharma uh i think uh, actually when we were connecting nature to duty that's what we were do- doing so dharma uh, is based on the gunas and karmas of an individual and uh, if duties are connected to the uh, qualities and activities of a person that are born out of quality that's what it becomes so dharma uh is always uh, the duty of a person based on his nature uh and uh, at indic academy under the guidance of uh, harikiran ji there is a huge uh, program of swadharma uh, you are guided towards your swadharma whatever you, is your swadharma is identified you are put to a uh, psychometric test and uh, your uh, Uh, so dharma is identified and you are given activity for indic activity indic uh, renaissance uh, based on your swadharma uh, so uh, swadharma is a very very important concept within this dharma is environmentalist aspect yeah so this extends uh, swadharma to a hare and a tiger also it is the tiger swadharma to eat a hare and it is the swadharma of a hare to eat the grass so true uh, so true nagraj garu i i strongly believe in that and actually in our attempts to build the ecosystem uh, i see a lot of people doing things which are not uh, their sadharma so a lot of people lot of people waste their time on social media a lot of people do different things and this is my focus that people should do what they're meant to do 
And uh, so in a way, uh, trying to do something which you're not meant to do is an actually an anti-ecosystem, anti-environmental idea in that sense. So if people who are listening to it and activists, if the sooner they shift to their own swadharma and contribute to fighting for our dharma, that would be better. That would be an environmentalist idea, actually. Yeah. Just, just to take from your idea. So we'll close for today. We had a fantastic day today. We have 15 speakers uh, tomorrow. We'll start uh, tomorrow morning with uh, uh, Pankaj Jain from uh, Houston, uh, talking about dharma and ecology. He's done his PhD. He's written a book uh, uh, on that topic. We did a number of uh, 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 talks also for him. He's going to join in. That will be the beginning. And we have a lot of activists also tomorrow. We have, uh, in fact, uh, Edic Academy is working uh, with uh, uh, two of them, Rahul Goswami and Viva Karmani. Uh, we're looking at setting up a center for sustainability with them. And they are going to talk tomorrow afternoon. Uh, we had actually worked with uh, Subendu Sharma in, in creating a forest here in Hyderabad under the Miyawaki method. And uh, he's going to talk. We will have uh, Dr. Tarun Chabra also. He's a very interesting personality who has been introduced to us by Michel. Uh, he is going to talk about Nilgiris and the Toda landscape. He's written a book on that. So we have a wide uh, 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 variety of uh, uh, speakers. We have Edward Butler, who's going to speak on polytheism and ecology. And we have Vishwa. Uh, Vishwa's talk on Mahabharata and ecology, you might have heard uh, at, at Strand. He is also going to speak. Joydeep is going to speak. So we have a number of speakers. Do join in tomorrow at 11 o'clock. And uh, uh, with that, I think we can close the discussion for today. Do you want to say anything else, Nagarajan? Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much. Chanyorabrunimahe Om Shanti 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 Shanti